Welcome. You are listening to Shoulder to Shoulder. I am Megan Silas. And I'm Pam Marvin. We are so happy to have you join us today. We have sort of a a timely topic today. Um, It's certainly been something that's been really... We've ordered our lives around for quite a number of months now, and uh, we're going to be talking about COVID, but we're not going to be talking about it in a general sense. Nope, nope. Very personal. A very personal, specific sense, because um, I was actually supposed to come to College Station, where we um, record this podcast um, about three weeks ago, and it didn't happen because... Pam, Pam had COVID. Pam <laughs> had COVID. And so... Um, <laughs> the corona or the Rona now that we teasingly yeah, say. Whatever too. fun colloquial term you want to use right, uh, right. to discuss it. So we just thought it would be really you know, interesting for y'all to listen to a personal account of someone who dealt with the disease um, and uh, just some of the realities that right. exist in dealing with it and in a personal way. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. So may, right. this is going to be more of a, an interview type podcast than a, than a, just a free flow discussion. But I want to say this is part of us sampling our spiritual friendship because Megan and I really haven't got to sit down and talk about this. This so is true. This is going to be kind of what our shoulder to shoulder in the aspect of we're dealing with a real world issue and how do we process that with the mm-hmm. heart of Christ? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that one of the interesting things about this particular issue is that it's gone beyond just being a disease. It's a disease and a whole ideology surrounding how you oh, respond to something yeah. because, um, you know, it's so much, so much politicization and so much um, debate and it's really caused a lot of issues in relationships. And, you know, you it's revealed things about people that you didn't expect and and so it's, I think yep. it's challenged relationships right. on a profound level. So um, to hear your experience, we'll, we'll talk about that. And then just some of the maybe spiritual struggles that you had. Absolutely. That's my favorite it. part of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so to get started, Pam, just give us the whole timeline picture of how it all happened. Okay. Well, very interesting. Um, I'm going to kind of start at the very beginning. Well, the first moment that I had some clues, something was going on, was it was Father's Day morning. Mm-hmm. And I rolled over to kiss Paul and tell him, happy Father's Day, honey. And when I did, I could tell he had a fever. Mm. <laughs> he had a fever. And I said, well, how are you feeling? He says, I feel okay. I'm just like really, really tired. And I said, well, let me take your temperature. And I took it. And it was just about 100. So mm-hmm. he never really got to 101. Okay. So it was a low-grade temperature. But he had extraordinary fatigue. Okay. That's how that really hit him. It didn't hit all of us that way. But it did hit Paul with a lot of fatigue. So he was in he was in bed the whole day. And... Um, it was tough. Like my initial reaction was like, oh, no, you know, he's really got it. I can't believe he's really got it. Why has the Lord allowed us to have this? Why is he choosing us? You know? <laughs> Why are we some of the, the first people? And then my thoughts a little while later is he's chosen us. He's allowed us. Well, I say us so you can tell where this is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Paul was 
kind of in and out of bed, not feeling really horrible, horrible for a couple of days. Had uh-huh. a little bit of a cough, not that bad. He did get up on Tuesday when he was feeling a little better to go get tested. Okay. Because he felt like, you know, I need to do that. I mm-hmm. just need to go make sure this is what we're dealing with. And um, he went, got tested, and uh, several days later, he got tested on a Tuesday, and we didn't hear until Friday. So that's really— Oh, wow, that's long. Yeah. It is because you're like— Pretty sure this is what it is. So, like, folks, when you get it, you know you got it. I, I, I can tell you, you know that's what it is when you get it. It's not, you know, it's not allergies, you know. <laughs> you, although it may feel like that when it starts. But so he went and got tested. And a few days later, so we're all, like, living our life. Mm-hmm. I work in a clinic. I'm like, I stayed home on Monday. So my husband's got, my husband's got symptoms. Um, I don't think I should come to work. And Mm -hmm. uh, my lovely manager, whom I adore, and she's such a great boss. And she says, you know, if you've been exposed, that doesn't exclude you from coming to work. I was like, what? (laughs) No, if you're asymptomatic, you can still come to work. Okay. So I was like, really? Because, you know, I'm just so nervous. I'm I'm next, right? Right. And so... I went to work and still being very cautious not to be around people very much because I was that I I have to say, Megan, the most harrowing thing is the emotional weight of having it and being concerned about spreading it. Right. That to me was so difficult Mm. because you want to protect other people. Right. Right. Yeah. So I really, you know, I went to work, but I really limited I really wasn't around anybody, wore my mask, stayed in my office, mm-hmm. just didn't do anything because um, I was concerned. Sure. And he's starting to recover. Well, on Thursday, so he comes down with it, is showing all symptoms, really started Saturday night, but we didn't really know until Sunday that that's what that was. Mm-hmm. By Thursday, both my son-in-law and I start having symptoms. Um, our symptoms and just so y'all know her son-in-law lives with her yes they do my son-in-law and daughter and grandson Um, and that was four days later and it for me personally it was like strep throat for a couple of days it was really like strep throat I did not initially run any type of fever okay my son-in-law that's kind of all he had was fever and fatigue and he was in the bed three days, and then he was up, and he was done. You know, mm-hmm. he was this crazy. He's because he's young. He's twenty eight. <laughs> he's twenty eight. Um, yeah, still has a little lingering cough. So there's that. But um, the men seem to get it more, more than I mean, more seriously. I actually looked. I had heard that from my physician, and I went and looked up all the statistics. And in fact, men do contract it and get a little sicker than the women. Like mm-hmm. we, they contract it a little easier. Interestingly, I would, you know, I'm, I'm an MD by background and I was a pediatrician. And when it came to the NICU, like the boys did worse than the girls. So that mm. like goes all the way back from birth. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think about that. But yeah, yeah I've heard that too. Yep. So um, again, with transmission, it was about four days, two of us dropped like flies from the time that um, we were exposed to my husband. Well, Interesting to note, though, since it was Father's Day weekend, on that Saturday before Father's Day, um, Paul and I went to go visit my 80-year-old parents Mm. for Father's Day to say, Happy Father's Day. We love you. And and we're not, you know, 
Paul and I have been fairly just fearless in this. We just feel mm-hmm. like God is in control. Sure. If his providence allows, we'll get through it. That was kind of our whole attitude going into it. And we sat across the table from them for two hours and visited with them. And then that night, he starts showing symptoms that we didn't know till the next right. morning, obviously. So when you recognized that it, it was COVID and you remembered what that had gone down, did you have like anxiety that you had given it to your parents? Oh, heavens, yes. So I was really concerned about that. And so I wrestled with, this is a good point, I really wrestled with... Do I tell them now when I don't know for sure that it's COVID or do Mm -hmm. I wait until the test comes in? And what'd you decide? I decided to wait till the test comes in, Mm -hmm. right? Because number one, they're going to have it or they're not going to have it, right? Right. And that would save them three days of not worrying whether they have it, basically. If they were coming down with it or not, it Mm -hmm. would still save them three days of worry. Right. Um, So I chose not to say anything until we got the positive test. And then I shared it with them and they were so sweet. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, my stepmother's just the best. And she just said, okay, well, we'll just quarantine for a couple of weeks to make sure we're okay. And so that's what they did. They just stayed home uh-huh. for, for two weeks and praise be to God, folks, they did not get it. Mm-hmm. So again, he was asymptomatic, but this was hours before he's symptomatic. Right. And they did not they did not contract it. So that's thanks be to God. And I do think that, you know, you know, as a physician, you know, I tend to read, you know, the more respectable articles that come out about these things. And it does seem to be the case that transmission of from asymptomatic individuals is very rare. And that's really has borne out in your experience. Absolutely. Yeah, it really has. And um so to back up too, there was um, another part that was very emotionally difficult for me. So this is, I'm still kind of early in the week because we're not going to get really, we'll get more into when I get sick. But earlier in the week, that same Saturday that Paul comes down with, well, we didn't know it, Saturday night, he started showing symptoms. I was able to go to um, a bridal shower. Mm, okay. And I have to say, it was so difficult for me to cause my friends so much stress and worry mm-hmm. because you know we didn't know are they right. exposed or are they not exposed and for me personally that was very difficult to think that I could cause so much concern and worry right. um, I, I felt so bad that I'd caused people so much stress mm-hmm. and concern yeah and I think you know, you mentioned earlier that you and Paul have been more on the fearless side of things, right? And there's this huge spectrum of how people are responding. Like some people are like, I don't care. I'll do whatever I want. I'm not scared at all. And there's some people are like, you know, hunkered down. Um, they're not going to leave their house. They're, you know, just totally filled with fear. And there's this huge spectrum. And, you know, you've got a lot of friends and, you know, they're on various parts of that spectrum, right? Right. And when you're on one place and they're in another place, sometimes that understanding can be difficult to achieve. And so you're in a place where you're like, well, I've been the type that's been like, I'll do whatever pretty much. And you might, some of those people at the shower might've been not that type and to right, deal with right. the anxiety that they may have had, you know, I could see how that would be just it hard to navigate. Really hard. And, and as I started to say at the onset of this too, the most trying thing for me was the the worry of mm-hmm. spreading the virus. That right. was profoundly bad. 
So, but I have to start talking about when I got sick. Right. Okay. Go, so we're going to kind of roll it forward. So on Thursday night, it was like strep throat. I mean, literally just an on fire throat, kind of the congestion and cold. So the sore throat lasted for mm, two and a half days, probably until mm-hmm. it went away. And I'm thinking I'm going to be out of it. Um, but then what sets in after that was low grade fever and body aches for five days, which mm. I thought would never end. And that actually was worse than the sore throat. Okay. Yeah. However, okay. I'm feeling sick. So I am not at the top of my game <laughs> spiritually. Right. Because mm-hmm. one thing I've learned about myself during quarantine and illness. So quarantine back when everything was shut down was that, when I'm experiencing some kind of physical or emotional pain, I have a very difficult time praying. Okay. I mm-hmm. really do. Like some people are able to go there better. Right. Yeah. Um, I found that I'm not that person. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, yeah. it's, I, I, it's just, I, yeah. God creates us different. Oh, so different. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're walking around with a broken arm, it's like, ah, my arm is broken. Instead of thinking, oh, Lord, please help me to process this well. I yeah, mean, it's I'm just interesting. that way. It's interesting because I am actually the other way. Like oh. pain and, and suffering like that, they actually help me profoundly in prayer. Mm. I've never had a deeper time of spiritual closeness with the Lord than I did when I went through my double mastectomy when I had breast mm. cancer. Like So See, it is very weird? interesting how it's just different. And it's Emotional not like, pain. Yeah. Emotional pain I seem to do a little better with offering that to the Lord because mm-hmm. I, I have to do something with it. Right. But I get so distracted by physical pain. Again, going back to my root sin of like a sensuality of being comfortable. Mm-hmm. It distracts me to the nth degree. Right. Well, let's go ahead. So one of my other root sins it's very like they they fight for first place is that the root sin of vanity Mm -hmm. and that desire for human respect so here i am feeling really poorly you know i'm really not feeling Mm -hmm. well um and our habit is to have like coffee on the front porch with my daughter and my husband and my first very human reaction was i'm so embarrassed I'm mm. so embarrassed that we have it. Lord, why did you choose us for that? And again, mm-hmm. at the onset, I was saying. So what do you feel is the root of that embarrassment? Like, why oh. would you be embarrassed? I was vain. People are going to think less of me. They're going to treat me differently mm-hmm. because I had it. And it's true. It's still right. really kind of played out. People do look at yeah. me very differently. In, in a way. God's chosen me for this. Yeah. So I, I accept, Lord. In a way, do you feel like. Man, I, I have a little bit more understanding of why the lepers like prom so figure so prominently. Like, because in a way, that's how we are dealing with COVID. Like, you, you're afraid to be anywhere near in the vicinity of somebody who could potentially have it. Right. right? You're right. like, so you need to be isolated, ostracized, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, there's some prudent reasons for that, but it also has a profound impact on the person's emotional state and psyche which you experienced right and so i kind of want to give you the the, kind of spiritual side that was going through my mind during that time so i was actually on the being weepy and you know Mm -hmm. i can't believe it just very (laughs) human right right and uh, my daughter's like mom it's gonna be okay i'm like i know i said generally when these things happen for me my first reaction is very human Mm-hmm. But give me a little bit of time until I can get back to the truth. Right. And so what was the truth? The truth is we had the virus. The truth is we are beloved sons and daughters of Christ. The truth is in God's providence, it's been allowed in our family. Mm-hmm. Right. And do I love God's will above all things? 
resoundingly yes. Do I love yeah. it that in that moment when it first started happening? No, my human reaction was no, I don't want this, you know. Right. Um, but Christ brings me back to the truth. No, you've been chosen. Like why me too? You've been chosen. Right. That was the that was kind of a spiritual progression that I went through during that time. Yeah, and I think that's that's just a profound place to move to, right? And I think it's something that we're sorely needing more generally in the world. You know, we look around and we're like, it seems like everything's going to hell in a handbasket, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, why do I have to live in these times? And then you're chosen for a time such as this, right? Exactly Just like that right. beautiful verse from Esther, right? right? And so in, I even listened to a podcast recently that was talking about, uh, it's a podcast is where the people feel very convicted that we are marching towards the final days of, of um, you know, that God is preparing the world for the final coming of the Lord and, and all that that will ensue. And they were saying, this shouldn't make you be afraid. It should make you feel joyful because these are the days that the saints are envious of. Mm. They long for these days, okay. you know? And okay. so that fact that you could move to that and, and understand that, you know what? God has allowed this in my life and he can use it for good if I allow that. Absolutely. Which we also start talking about you know, in the onset when I was saying, you know, his will be done. We don't always like it. Mm-hmm. But when you actually live in that place, loving his will above all things, it gives you a different perspective. And I was joking with Dennis before and off the air. This is such a perfect just so you all know, I don't know, if we've, I don't know if we've mentioned Dennis before, but he is the wonderful person who... He's the producer who produces sits here this, patiently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is particularly wonderful for me, who is completely tech not savvy. So I would be clueless on how to get this all taken care of. So Dennis, we love you. Thank you. So I was talking with him and I said, oh, this is just quintessential Marvin household conversation. So I'm looking at my husband, you know, in my little injured, you gave me the virus, my little (laughs) humanness. And he says, well, you're welcome. I said, you should be protecting me. He says, I am protecting you. I'm helping you build immunity. (laughs) So that's exactly what, you know, what else are you going to do but go there with your mindset? Oh, we're now building immunities. Well, to keep the story going, my girls, who are uh, 15 and 17, four days later, after I'd watched a movie with them, the night that I actually start becoming symptomatic, um, four days later, they uh, Mm -hmm. started having just a dry throat, dry throat, allergy, dry throat, and a little fatigue, not terrible. They were sleepy. And just kind of headaches. Headaches was another one that mm-hmm. was a pretty common among all of us was okay. the headaches. Um, but they really bounce back quickly, obviously, because they're younger. So, folks, please don't worry about the children going back to school. Uh, my my kids have, have had more damage of being away from friends than they have when they received and, and, and got COVID. And, and we're hoping that there is... Um, a true herd immunity that does develop. Sure. I, mean, I have to I have to desire that now. You know, that's what we would like to see happen. Yeah. And um, I would also just like to say, you know, um, for people who are waiting, say, well, we can't do anything until we have a vaccine. There's just no guarantees the vaccine is going to do what you hope it to do. How many of you make jokes about getting the flu vaccine because it tends to be like a 50-50 shot of whether or not it's going to get it done? So, yeah, I mean— we want, you know, we want all avenues of fighting it to be open to us, but, you know, we cannot just continue to 
be living in fear and waiting for things that may not have the effectiveness you think they're going to have. Right. right? You know, I do want to spend these last couple of these minutes or so really dissecting the fear aspect. Huge. Yeah. It it really is because I've, I've personally feel um, of some people that are very close to me and some that aren't close to me that had, that I looked up to as a, a paragon of perfect trust and faith, right? Mm -hmm. Have a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. And so that was a gut punch to me. It wasn't over me. This is completely separate. This is just in general. Um, I thought, wow, I would never have thought they didn't have a more perfect trust. And again, if you remember uh, the onset of this, Paul and I lived in the community is like, Trusting in God's providence, right? That even if we did get it, He would get us through. Which thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. So far, everything's really good, right? Everything, everyone has fared well, right? Yeah. And by the way, the uh, toddler, the seventeen-month-old, did not contract it after living in the house, and everybody else did. Yeah, and that does seem to bear out in the in the research so far. The the young seem to be largely immune, um, which is awesome, right? <laughs> I mean, we don't want our, our little ones to get sick. Um, but yeah, this, this concept of fear, because fear is so spiritual, right? I always think of it as, I personally think most fear is unhealthy. Yeah. I most mean, most fear is when we were talking before we got on, you know, I happened to, you know, give one of the scriptures that I just love. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, which is perfect love casts out all fear. So if perfect love is the juxtaposition to fear. It's the opposite of fear. It's the thing that drives out fear. It's important for us when we are, I think, living in a place of fearfulness that we do really examine where is it coming from? And, you know, there's a number of things you could be afraid of in this scenario, right? You talked about how the hardest thing for you was the idea that you could give it to somebody else, right? So the the fear that you could harm another, right? It's painful. So, and that's a fear, but... There's more to that, the root of that, right, um, of, of feeling like it's somehow you have control, right, mm-hmm. or you don't have control. That idea of control, of I can control whether somebody gets this or doesn't get this, and, and if, it, if they do get it, it's my fault because I'm in control. Like, it goes deeper, right? right. Fear tends to always go deep at its root, Right. And unless we really come to understand where are the roots of my fears, why am I not detached to all created things, including my own life? Because mm-hmm. that concept of detachment, of holy detachment, it doesn't mean you don't care about your life, that you just, whatever, I die. I don't care if I die at all. Like, whatever. No, it just means I trust God's goodness. I trust his will. And I trust that his providence. Yeah. You know, what is the, the, um, Oh, I forget her name, but I know you're going to know it. Um, she says, if you want it, Lord, I want it too. Oh, yeah. That was um, Kiara. I can't think of She's Kiara, a 19-year-old, yes. but I can't think of her. Lebano, I think. Right. Is, and yeah. she's like in the process of potentially mm-hmm. being beatified. She's blessed. She's blessed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she had a terrible young girl, terrible cancer. And, and that was really just the way she lived. Like, if you want it, Lord, I want it too. This mm-hmm. idea of I'm not going to live in fear of what I don't want or what's going to be hard or what's going to whatever. I'm just going to trust. It doesn't mean you're not prudent. You don't take appropriate measures to protect yourself and your loved ones from potential dangers. But it just means that at the end of the day, 
You let God be in charge. That's right. Trust again. Yeah. Trusting in his providence and his goodness that he will take us where he needs us to. You know, and again, this just, we'll say this probably on every single podcast that it's been such a beautiful thing for me as a convert is the, the really the, the, the suffering and the goodness being so closely related. Mm, yeah. You know, that, that again, I said it in an earlier podcast, um, the crucifixion was the worst thing that ever happened in human history. And it was the most beautiful thing that ever happened in human history because of the resurrection. Yeah. Right. And, Whenever we do have these kind of things that happen to us that are seemingly negative, right? You know, it's like you teach your kids. What's the silver lining? What does right. God want to teach us? What does he want us to know? So, you mm-hmm. know, I I had to increase my confidence in his providence. Whatever he wanted of us to rise to that occasion, he had allowed our family to mm-hmm. receive the virus, and here I am talking about it on the radio. So I pray that maybe even one or two of these things that um, we've talked about today can really help ease fear. I right. really pray that I can ease fear. And I do, you know, as a person who is very ordered towards uh, the passion of Christ, I'm a lay passionist. Someday maybe we can talk about that a little bit and what that means. But um, this idea of suffering that you talked about, how um, it it's not always just what you have at face value, the hard thing, right? Suffering is this grand invitation from the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's an invitation for two things. First, to know him better because he is the one who suffers, right? He's the suffering servant. He's the one that went to the cross. He's the one that suffered that terrible... Wounded um, healer. Yeah, and so when we are given suffering in our lives, it is a profound opportunity to know the Lord better. So true. And that's ours. Truth. That's ours. It's it's what he offers us. And and so if we try to run away from suffering, if we reject it, if we just live in fear of it, we're going to miss that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But the second thing it also does, it gives you an opportunity to go closer to him, but it also gives you an opportunity to be a witness to him. Mm-hmm. They say the martyrs are the seeds of the church, right? Because their their grand witness was, you know what? There's more to this life than temporal life. Right. To live in this body is not the be-all and end-all of my existence. Mm-hmm. This is not my home. I am a journeyman. I like to say not just I'm on a journey, but I'm a journeyman because a journeyman is one who has a job to do. And our job is to witness to the glory of Jesus Christ. Mm. And what better way that can we do that than to receive suffering and be a light in it? Right, right, right. To take that suffering, what is the saying? How does it go that that um, no good suffering should go wasted? Right. To be offered to Christ because, oh, it's one of my favorite sayings. This is from JP2 who explained it so well in uh, on human suffering, the, the document. Oh, beautiful, yeah. Yeah, document. I love it. This really stood out to me. He said, while the suffering of Christ on the cross was enough for salvation of the world, for humankind, he left just enough space for the humans to participate in that suffering for the redemption of the human race. Yeah, just like he Saint, left space there for us, right? Saint Paul says, "I make up in my body was lacking the sufferings of Christ." We're called 
to participate. And I love how you said never let suffering go wasted because so often now, particularly, you know, if you're more of a conservative bent, which I would imagine a number of people, most of the people listening probably are. And, you know, you've heard like the rules for radicals and Saul Alinsky and the whole like way that to try to usher in socialism and communism. And one of the things is never let a crisis go to waste, right? Mm. To try to take every opportunity to maximize your benefit and get power out of that and everything. Let's turn it around. Let's be Christians and say, never let this crisis go to waste. Never let this crisis divide us, make us less Christian, make us more the witness to the glory and goodness of God. And we have to ask ourselves, is COVID doing that for us as Christians? Are we being greater, brighter witnesses because of it? Or are we allowing fear right. to hide our light? Mm. And that's what I think the message is of what you experience, where right. you come to that place where you say, God has given me this opportunity. And my adult daughter that lives with us as well had a very beautiful reflection on that. She said, you know, the thing that I think has really gotten us through so well with this is that we all had a very positive attitude. Mm. We, none of us really felt doom and gloom, of course, other than my five minutes on the porch when I was getting <laughs> all emotional. Um, but after that, we were like, okay, we've been chosen for this. We're going to stay positive and use it for mm. God's greater glory. Yeah. And my friends, all suffering is that way. Let's use it for God's greater glory. Yeah. Let's end in a prayer today. Oh, absolutely. Name the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God in heaven, we adore you, we love you, and we trust in you. We trust in your goodness. And we know that these times are difficult and that so many people are struggling with fear, and we ask you to give them the grace and consolation of your love. Let your Holy Spirit be that consoler, which can, is the only, only thing that can truly, truly get to the heart, can really calm us and give us the peace, the peace that passes understanding that you promised, Lord Jesus. We pray you also give us the fortitude, the fortitude to be the Christians that we are called to be in this day, in this hour, in this moment. Help us to be witnesses to your goodness. Help us to be pillars of faith and trust that we come to this world not with fear and anxiety, not with division, but with joy and with the understanding that our God is good, our God is great. And you are Lord of all. Use us, Lord, to be your witnesses to this world. Guide us in truth and goodness. Help us to walk the path that our Savior showed. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father said, Holy Spirit. We even had bells at the end of that. Well, we're so glad that you joined us. And Pam, we're so happy that you are well and Bouncing your family back. is well. Yes, and and I will say, we we pray for those who are struggling with COVID, for those who who didn't have the recovery that you had. Right. We understand that that's it's painful and difficult, really mm-hmm. but we know that the Lord is with, with us. Trust in him, my friends. Trust in him. Right. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Thank you all so much for listening, and we look forward to uh, having you come back next time. That's right, as we walk shoulder to shoulder. All right, God bless.